Let's turn our Bible this morning to the book of Luke. We'll be in Luke chapter number 19, uh, the gospel of Luke uh, chapter number 19. And we're going to read uh, four verses of scripture this morning as our text. And I ask you to give me your attention this morning uh, as we read from the word of God and look at what the Lord has for us today. Uh, Luke chapter number 19. And we'll begin reading with verse number 41. And we'll read down through verse number 44 of Luke chapter number 19 and verse number 41. And while you're turning there, let me remind you about the service tonight. And be here, be in our place. Look forward to what God has for us. Verse number 41 of Luke chapter 19. And when he was come near, we're speaking of Jesus, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hast known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, <clears throat> but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation." I want to look at this text this morning, and I'll expound on it just a little bit after I pray, but I want to use it in a very practical manner today. Verse 41, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. Think about that. This is Jesus. He looks at the city of Jerusalem and weeps over it. This morning, I want to preach a message that I've entitled, very simply, it did not have to be this way. It did not have to be this way. Give me your attention this morning. Father, I pray that you'd use the Word of God, may the Spirit of God speak to our hearts today. Father, the message you've put on my heart, you've put on my mind today, may uh, the Spirit use it. May the Word of God be real to us. May we allow uh, you to work in our lives today. Father, there's one unsaved. May today they realize their need of salvation. May they realize the urgency of not delaying another moment, not delaying another day to get their salvation settled today. And Father, may your word be real to us today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title, It Didn't Have to Be This Way, comes to mind after I read our text. When Jesus... Uh, is looking at the city of Jerusalem. He weeps over it, the scripture tells us, and then he goes on to clarify what is going to take place in that city. And I can think back of having the privilege to visit Israel and visit the city of Jerusalem and walk down the Mount of Olives and stop and be able to gaze and see that city. And to imagine the Lord Jesus Christ, as this very chapter tells us, that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Here is the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, who left heaven to come down to this wicked, sinful earth with one purpose, and that's to redeem man. He had been rejected. Here he was, the fulfillment of the prophecies they like to recite. Here he was, the fulfillment of the law, which they so quickly were eager to espouse. Here he is in just a short time is going to go to the cross of Calvary, 
having been crucified after his rejection as the Son of God by the very people who he weeps over here. He gives a glimpse into the future as we see in our text of how Jerusalem is going to be in ruins and how the city is going to be destroyed and how literally there will not be one stone standing on another and how this would take place. And I remind you that as God, he was not bound by time. He knew the proclamation. He knew the destruction that was going to come. He knew the consequences of the rejection of God's own people. He knew the bondage that they would live under and even the things we see in our world today happening around the people of Israel are a result of their rejection of the Son of God. And he sees what would take place and I look at verse number 41 and he beheld the city knowing of their rejection knowing of the the coming crucifixion. And he still wept over that city. It gives us a glimpse into the heart of our Savior as he still wept because he had a love for those who would reject him that you and I really cannot comprehend. He has a love for mankind that we can only read about and have faith in and be thankful for, but we really cannot comprehend. But I believe he also weeps because he saw what was going to take place and the fact that it didn't have to be that way. The city did not have to be destroyed if they had not rejected him. They didn't have to enter into bondage and wonder for 2,000 years. They, They could have accepted him as the fulfillment of prophecy. They could have accepted him as the Son of God. The destruction that they would face as a people and as a city and all the things that they would endure did not have to take place if they would have just accepted Jesus for who he is, if they had just placed him in their life as he, sh- they, he should have been. I think of this story and I cannot help but apply it very practically to our lives. I think this morning of all of those who suffer in language in hell. As we meet together as God's people, all those who die without Christ through all the centuries, they suffer in a real, literal fire this morning. They are suffering in that eternal place called hell. And I think this morning there's not one person suffering in hell that had to go there. It didn't have to be that way. And friend, let me just stop here and say, if you die and go to hell, it's of your own choosing. It doesn't have to be that way. The Lord Jesus Christ came and died for your sins, paid your sin debt, and will freely take any man that believes on him. I think of those who suffer today and those in in, 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 the, in the near future, even those that will take their last breath today and in the future who have rejected Christ and will suffer in hell, it did not have to be that way. I think of destroyed lives of Christians, wasted lives of Christians. It didn't have to be that way. If Jesus had, right, had his rightful place in their life, 
they wouldn't have had the destruction. It didn't have to be this way. Could you imagine the best we can this morning? Let's look at it from the Son of God's viewpoint. The very people He came to redeem, the very people He came to save are the ones who are going to reject Him and crucify Him. That's the ministry thus goes to the Gentiles, and I'm very thankful for that. God's own people would reject Him, the very people He came to save. And as He looks at the, the city, knowing the result of their rejection, what is going to take place and I don't know that the Son of God would say it this way, but as he wept, I think of the words, it did not have to be that way. They could have accepted him as the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. They could have accepted him as the Son of God. As I continue to apply that and make it applicable to us today, I think of our own nation. I think of the fact that there's even a debate over whether or not abortion is moral or not. Let me help you if you're struggling with that. It's murder. It's not a woman's right to choose. It's murder. God is the giver and taker of life. And the fact that in the United States of America, where on our own coins it says, in God we trust, we would murder and slaughter innocent children. And, and, and not the fact that it just takes place. Our politicians brag about it. They, they run elections on it. They, they talk down to those who would oppose it. They try and silence those who would object it. That is in the United States of America, but I would say it didn't have to be this way. It didn't have to be this way because we didn't have to have a generation that would reject the morals of the previous generation. It didn't have to be this way. We look at the nonsense that takes place in the political debate and in, in society today about how many genders there are. This is why I don't trust scientists when they tell me there's a pandemic. Or they tell me I came from a monkey. They don't even know how many genders. These same scientists are trying to tell me there's so many genders. It's foolishness. Then this equal rights with the genders, and I believe in freedom. But you go against the things of God, you have to punish those who hold to the things of God. And it's abuse of children to submit them to some of the things they're being submitted to. But I say this morning, it didn't have to be that way in the United States of America. Oh, I remember, uh, and you read about in the 60s and the 70s, and certainly I was a child in the, in the 80s, and you, you, you read of those leather-lung preachers who warned against the hippie movement, who warned against the, 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 the blending of the two genders, and they were mocked, and they were laughed at, and they were rejected, and now the result is a destruction of a society. And I say, we're reaping the benefits today, and it did not have to be that way. And friend, if we continue to reject what God says, it's going to be even worse in the future, and it doesn't have to be that way. You think of the greatest influence on our children, the children in our nation, the 
Hollywood has more influence on them than mom and dad do. Sports figures have more influence than a Sunday school teacher, than a man of God. And we wonder, and we wonder why our society is what our society is. I would say tonight, this morning, it didn't have to be this way. America hasn't always been this way. Sunday used to be the day when everybody got up and went to Sunday school. Sunday used to be the day where we went to church and we hoped to hear from heaven and, and have a man of God get up and, and preach us the word of God. America hasn't always been this way. But what we've done is we've replaced Jehovah God with the sports God. We've replaced Jehovah God with the Hollywood God. We've replaced what is that is which is true and right. Practically speaking with our text, we've rejected Jesus Christ as the leader of our nation. You think of the nonsense of evolution in our public schools where evolution is taught as fact and creation is taught as a theory. It wasn't always that way. It didn't have to be this way. I think of our churches and our nation. The average church today is dead. There's no gospel preaching. There's no preaching on righteousness and pleasing God. They resemble country clubs more than they resemble the house of God. It wasn't always this way. Well, if you got back in from, from, from studying church history and from hearing stories from previous generations, if you got mad at your pastor and you went down to the next pastor, he preached harder to you because you left your pastor. It didn't have to be the way that it is. Our churches have become powerless because we became more ecumenical, because we were more concerned with pleasing and playing instead of honoring the Son of God. It didn't have to be this way. Oh, we're, we're not done yet. We come to our homes today. The divorce rate is at an all-time high. It didn't have to be this way. We have children today who are left to the world, and it's because parents don't want to fulfill their responsibility to rear their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Let me give some counsel to every couple this morning. If, if you're going to have a child, have that child and rear them according to the things of God. Hey, we're, we're, in, we're in a mess today in our homes, in our Christian homes, and it's because uh, it didn't have to be that way. The Word of God is still relevant, but you've got to open it to see what the Bible says. The Word of God will still uh, honor, a, a home can still honor God by, by being founded on the Word of God, and we can still rear children in 2021 who have a love for God, but you're going to have to take some action in that. You can't leave them to Disney to, to be reared. You can't leave them to the television to be reared. You're going to have to, as a Christian mom and a Christian dad, take action into rearing your children. Well, it hadn't always been this way with the divorce rate and single moms 
If you've had to rear your child as a single mom or you're a single mom, I want you to know uh, God bless you. You're not a, you're not, I'll just say this, you're not a second-class citizen. And, and I, I commend you for being determined to rear your children in spite of less-than-ideal circumstances. And that's if you're a single dad, too. I guess it goes both ways. But it hasn't always been this way. It doesn't have to be this way. Some of you are old enough to remember when all of a sudden it comes up that a man should not be the head of his home anymore. And to say that the wife is, a, is, as the Bible refers, the weaker vessel or should be submissive to the husband, and that's just oppressive. Well, I think that was a lot better than having to venture out on your own. Our society is crumbling, our homes are crumbling, and I just, I, I, and, and welcome to Sunday morning church. I know this is, not, this is not found everywhere you go, but that's one of the reasons why we're the way we are. It does not have to be this way. Let me get to the individual this morning. If you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, there is an eternity you better start thinking about very, very seriously. And there are individuals who are burning in hell today and they didn't have to burn. They didn't have to go there. They didn't have to pay for their own sins because Jesus paid the price for them. And if you're not saved this morning, you need to get that settled today. The moment you have the opportunity, you better let somebody open the Word of God and show you. But if you say, I'm not going to accept Christ, I'm not going to accept that responsibility, it doesn't have to be the way it's going to be for you. And to the saved individual who has yet to surrender all to the Lord, your life's not much different than we see in our text. As Jesus looked at this city and they went about their everyday life. Jesus is going to leave. If you, if you, if you read, continue to read the text, He's going to go into the temple and he's cleaning it out. He's going to go to the cross very soon and pay the sin debt of all mankind. And as he looks at this city, they're just going about their business. They have no idea that the captivity is coming. They have no understanding of the judgment that is coming. The Lord understands it very clearly and he weeps because it did not have to be that way. And Christian, this morning, your life does not have to be one of shipwreck. Your life does not have to be one of regret. Your life does not have to be one that is wasted. It does not have to be that way. And it would be very irresponsible this morning if somebody to look, for somebody to look at the captivity that Israel is going, in, going to go into, look at the destruction of the temple and say, why did God not protect them? Why did God allow that to happen? Just like Christians do today. Why did God allow this to happen? And why aren't things working out? Friend, it didn't have to be that way for Israel, and it doesn't have to be that way for any child of God. If you'll just put Jesus where he belongs as the head of your life, in control of your life, as your God, where you are his disciple, 
You don't have to have a life of disappointment. You don't have to have a life of destruction. You don't have to have a life that's shipwrecked. You can have one of joy and of happiness and peace. But you've got to accept Jesus for who he is. You're not saved by making him the Lord of your life. You're saved by believing in faith on him. But after salvation, he should be the Lord of your life. He should be the one that makes every decision for you. He should be the one that decides what you do in the future. He should be the one that decides your principles. He should be the one that decides your morals. He should be the one that decides your schedule from week to week to week. Friend, things take place taking place in our, in, our, in our nation now. It didn't have to be this way. There are homes that are broken apart. It didn't have to be that way. There are lives that are in, in, in shambles, and it did not have to be that way. Now, I've spent most of my time in the introduction this morning. I don't want to scare you because I still have got to get to my outline. But I'm just going to mention four words that would have remedied the situation that we see in Scripture. I think back in, several of you were, were, were with me and we were together as we started that journey on top of the Mount of Olives. We begin that journey down and we would eventually get to the Garden of Gethsemane and from the Garden of Gethsemane we would go across and we'd enter into the city of Jerusalem. And about halfway down we were stopped and you could see a good view of the city and this story was brought up. And of course, we don't know if that's where the Lord stopped, but we know that the, because the Bible tells us he saw that city and he wept, not because of what he was going to go through. He, he pleaded with the Lord in, in the garden, but because of the coming destruction. Because it did not have to be that way. And there were there are four words I'm going to mention this morning that would have remedied the situation. The first one is the word realize. All they had to do was realize who he was. All they had to do was accept who he was. I mean, he had been performing miracles. He had been revealing the fulfillment of prophecies. All they had to do was accept that he is the Son of God. He is the one that has been prophesied of. He is the Savior all they had to do to real, was realize that he is the one that must be accepted and followed. And friend, this morning, I'm here to tell you, there's just one preacher that will be honest with you and tell you, if you are not saved, if you are not depending on the Lord Jesus Christ as your salvation, there is an eternal hell that awaits you. But all you have to do today is realize who the Lord Jesus is, the perfect Son of God. All you've got to do is realize the purpose for which He came to this world, and that was to pay your sin debt and to pay the sin debt of all mankind. And All you've got to do is realize that you must put your faith and trust in Him, and you can have salvation. You can have the forgiveness of your sins. You don't have to go to hell. And child of God, you don't have to have a ruined life. You don't have to live an empty life. All you've got to do is realize that the same one who saved me is worthy to be the head of my life, to, to, to lead me in every decision, and I'm going to live my life to serve him when, G, when Jesus is weeping over that city. 
If they'd have just stopped, that city would have realized he's going to go in and he's going to clean out the temple. They just realized who he was. The second word this morning that would have ribbed this situation is the word repent. They had rebelled against God. In rejecting his son, they had rebelled against God. It never ends well when someone rebels against God. Never ends well. When a people rebel against God, it's not going to end well. Judgment is coming. When an individual rebels against God, it's just a matter of time. Judgment is coming. But what could have remedied the situation is if they could have, would have just repented of their rebellion and friend, there's many today, I believe, who they've been, they've, been, they've been told the plan of salvation. They've been told the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they, and they refuse to accept it. It is rebellion in the heart of man to God. I can work my way to heaven. I can go through this religion. All that has to be done to remedy the situation is just to repent of the rebellion. You know what would help America is not a political revolution. I, I would be okay with voting everybody out of office. I'd be okay with a different president. But until America repents of its sin, until America repents of its rebellion against God, until America repents of the things that, that are contrary to this book, America will never be saved. America will never be salvaged. Another political party in power is not going to make the difference that's needed. It is returning to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what would heal your home this morning if you would understand that Christ as the head of the church, that, that he has an order of the home. What would heal your, your, your home this morning is to put Jesus back in charge, is to put him in the head of your house, is to put him in control of everything. And this morning, what would help the life of the individual who has rebelled against God is to repent. See, we live in a world today where we want God to change. God, you change your standard. God's not changing his standard. God, you change, you, you change who you are. God's not changing who he is. God, you, you change your word. God's not changing his word, and so God won't change his word, so man says, we'll just change his word. God is not going to change who he is. He expects you and I to repent of what we've done. One thing I know about God is that any man can be saved who wants to be saved. And any man can get right who wants to get right. All that needs to be done this morning is to repent of the rebellion. Another word that would have remedied the situation, would have remedied some situations this morning is the word reconsider. Man can be so foolish. Logic with me just for a moment. In our text, Jerusalem still stood. But they were going to crucify Christ. The Pharisees, if you read the Gospels, had conspired and conspired and conspired and conspired. They could have reconsidered. 
Those who were still on the fence of who he was and that angry mob would get together and they'd be afraid of that mob and would not believe on him. They, the destruction had not yet come. The walls had not yet crumbled. The city had not been burned. The captivity had not taken place. There was still time to reconsider. Friend, I'll make that application this morning. There very well may be somebody in here. You, you may be in need of salvation, but you in your heart have decided you're not going to believe on Jesus. You're not going to give in. You're not going to take the step of faith that's needed. Let me, let me help you this morning. I would, I would plead with you to reconsider. Because the judgment hasn't happened yet, but it will take place. You've got a window of opportunity to reconsider. Let me make a plea to the child of God this morning. You have your salvation secure, but, but, but your heart is not where it should be, and Jesus is not where he should be in your life, and it's not all about him. It's not all about his leadership, and, and you flirt with the things of this world, and this world, you have more loyalty to this world than you do the Son of God who saved you. The Spirit of God sent your pastor this morning to plead with you to reconsider. The city is still standing, but it will fall one day. The stones are untouched, but they will be burned one day. Everything is in order, but the day is coming when judgment is going to take place. And at this point in time, they had an opportunity to reconsider. And at this point of time, God in His graciousness, God in His mercy is pleading with you to reconsider the direction you're going. Reconsider where your loyalties are. Reconsider surrendering all to Him and accepting Him as who He is. Reconsider those decisions would have changed everything. Many had yet to decide. The last and final word, and we'll be through this morning, is the word return. Some had already rejected Jesus, but as long as they had an opportunity, they could have returned. I close the message this morning with this last word, return. Maybe you're in the service this morning and you have an opportunity still to get saved. You, Christian, you don't have to have a destroyed life. I, I know you've in your heart made your decision. I, I know, but I would plead with you this morning. There's, there's still a window of opportunity for you to return. Because if you don't, history tells you the date the army invaded Jerusalem. And it wasn't as far away those people thought it would. You can open a history book and you can visit the sites over in the Middle East, as many of us did, of where things used to stand that are no longer standing. You can read accounts as Jesus prophesied that not one stone will be upon another. 
And how there's a historical accounts as the temple would be burned and the gold would melt into those stones. The, the soldiers would break the stones, try and get the gold that had melted into the stones. Because when God says something is going to take place, it's going to take place. And our nation is in a mess. Our nation says, Pastor, why are these things happening? We really should not be asking the question America deserves for the things that happen that are taking place. America has earned the judgment of God. It didn't have to be this way, especially the way our nation founded, uh, was founded. In, and there's never been a nation blessed of God like the United States of America. It didn't have to be this way. We, we, could, we could have kept the Sunday schools open. We could have kept our morals. We could have rejected the secular way of life. But we didn't. So what's the message today? While we have an opportunity, we need to return. We need to get back to the things of God. And where is that going to start? If my people, we need to quit looking at Washington, D.C. to return until God's people return. And very simply this morning, we need a rededication to the Son of God. The very one who saved us, we ought to serve him. And let me tell you how we return. At 9.30 on Sunday morning, we're going to be in Sunday school. At 10.45, we're going to be in the house of God. The NFL doesn't take precedent over what God does. As a matter of fact, it's, a, it's in conflict to what God is trying to do. This is a holy day. This is his day. And we ought to live as a Christian, ought to live each and every day that God gives us. In your home, what are you to do? You're to return. Say, Pastor, I'm the only one in my family. Then be the only one in your family. Pastor, we're, there's not any more churches like us. Well, we'll be the only church in this town then. If that's what's expected, if that's what's required, that's what we'll do. There's a window. Christian, this morning, I don't know who needs to hear this. But you cannot reject Christ as your Savior, first of all, and not face eternal judgment. But as a saved individual, you cannot reject Christ as the head of your life and not face the consequences. It's sad when you hear a story or you run into someone and their life is just destroyed. So, Pastor, do you get satisfaction out of that? Not one bit. Because it didn't have to be that way. It didn't have to be that way. And this morning, as we go to the invitation, if you've yet to receive Christ as your Savior, I want, to, I want us to think for a moment of those who have rejected Christ and are suffering in hell. The rich man in Luke 15 is still in hell. But it didn't have to be that way. There are homes that will be destroyed if you don't repent. There's lives who will be wasted if you don't repent, if you don't reconsider. Or maybe this morning you sit in a service and you know exactly what I'm talking about. I would leave you with that word, return. Because our God is a gracious God. 
He's a merciful God. Maybe this morning it'll help some of you understand why your pastor pleads with you the way he does. He puts pressure on you the way he does. It's because this book right here tells me what's down the road. It hasn't happened yet, but it's going to. And if we as a people and we as a nation don't heed what Christ has said, I could not imagine. I do not know who all was in his audience there, but if I was just a bystander and I had not yet trusted on him as my Savior and I heard and I saw their tears coming down his face... I heard the compassion in his voice and I heard him pronounce the prophecy that the city is going to be destroyed. At that very moment, I would hope that I would fall on my face in front of him and and believe on him. And this morning, I'm telling you, it's the same son of God who who had pronounced us today, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. We've got to put him where he belongs. We've got to to keep him where he belongs. It's a sobering thought, the message this morning. But it didn't have to be that way. I wonder, what child of God here today will ignore the Spirit of God, will ignore the Word of God, and one day look back on a life with regret, only to be reminded that it didn't have to be that way. This is not a message to necessarily explain why those that are miserable because they've rejected Christ are miserable, but to be preventative. The city had not yet burned, but it was going to be. But they could have reconsidered, and they did not. You're here this morning, you've never been saved. Trust Christ today. Today. In just a moment, we're going to bow our heads, we're going to stand to our feet, the instruments are going to play. If you don't know for certain you're on your way to heaven, step out of that aisle. There'll be, there'll be, there'll be ladies and men down here in, in the front who can show you from the Bible how you can be saved. Child of God, if you've been running from God, today is the day of surrender. Today is the day to get your heart right. Oh, don't keep playing with sin. Don't keep playing with with, with the things of this world. I I know the city's still standing today, but the day is coming that the walls are going to crumble and captivity is coming. And let me tell you, you study history, you study the Word of God, you have an understanding of our God, it's a lot easier to stay out of captivity than to get out of it once you're in it. Today... I trust that some decisions will be made that will keep the lives of some from crumbling. Christian today, mom and dad, husband and wife, determined to keep your home strong. Rededicate yourselves to serving the Lord. This church will stay as strong as the people are as it comes to our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray this morning you